Welcome, everybody, to episode number 38 of the Average Jake Firefighter Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Owens, from the Average Jake Firefighter Blog. Firefighter's Oath. I do solemnly swear that I will support the Constitution of the United States and the Constitution of the Commonwealth of Virginia. And I do solemnly swear to protect the lives and property of the citizens of the County of Henrico, Virginia from the ravages of fire or any other natural or man-made disaster. As a member of the fire service of Henrico County, without any mental reservation or purpose of evasion, and I will faithfully and impartially discharge and perform all the duties incumbent upon me, a member of the fire service in the division of fire, according to the best of my abilities, so help me God. That is the firefighter's oath for the County of Henrico, which is the fire department that I work for. And I'm talking about that today because today, May 5th, 2020, is my 16-year anniversary with the department I currently work for in Riker County, Virginia. And I do the same kind of thing every year. Maybe I'm kind of goofy, but I always go back and I look at old recruit school stuff. I, I text uh, and email people that I went through recruit school with. I look at our recruit school picture. I watch our recruit video every year on this day. Um, it also just happens to be Cinco de Mayo, uh, so it's a great day to have a celebration, especially if you're not on duty. Um, and so, but it just means so much to me, and and I do that because it keeps me centered. I do that because it keeps me grounded. That old saying, "Don't forget where you came from." Well, I try to not forget where I came from. I try to not forget that 16 years ago. I was just a 22-year-old kid getting hired in his dream department. And so let's go back a little bit before all that happened. Most of you guys know that my fire service career started or fire service journey started extremely young. Um, I joined my local volunteer fire department when I was 15 years old, the Mechanicsville Volunteer Fire Department in Hanover County. Uh, 15 years old, I took Firefighter 1 the absolute second I could at age 16. As a matter of fact, the class actually started before, a couple weeks before I turned 16, um, but they said it was okay for me to get into the class because we weren't going to be doing any practicals for the first couple weeks. It was all book learning and classroom and things of that nature, so I got to sit in the class and start taking notes and learning and taking tests. And then after I turned 16, they they gave me some turnout gear. Um, you know, I was able to do the practical evolutions and burn and all that stuff. And we had firefighter one and two before I was 17 years old. Firefighter, they were doing a firefighter two class right after that. And so firefighter one and two, boom, 16 years old. And knew pretty quick that this was what I was going to do. Um, had always had thoughts 
about that, right? You know, I come from a fire service family. My dad's a fireman. Um, and just, I was always felt like I was surrounded by the fire service, the neighborhood I lived in. We had a couple fires in the neighborhood that I lived in growing up. And I would always see uh, a guy who lived down the street and his name was Chris Buren. And when the neighbor's garage caught on fire, he showed up. When the neighbor across the street from his parents' house caught fire, he showed up. Um, I'm pretty sure he was even there the night that our chimney caught fire. Um, I can't 100% remember because my mom and dad got us out of the house pretty quick and we went to a neighbor's house. But uh, I'm 100% sure he was at a kitchen fire down the street, uh, you know, years and years later. And it just was, you know, and just I saw the Mechanicsville Volunteer Fire Department and all these guys. And I always and I asked my dad, who, again, fireman, where I called him Mr. Chris. Where does Mr. Chris work? And he said Henrico County. And Mr. Chris's dad also worked for Henrico County. He was a retired firefighter from there. So I always had that vision of Henrico Fire in my mind. And when you're a kid in in this area, uh, and especially you start you start growing up, and by the time I got involved in the fire service uh, at age 15, and then you know started actually paying attention to there was three fire departments in this area that you that were paid fire departments everywhere else was volunteer so if you wanted to get paid to be in the fire department you worked for Henrico you worked for the city of Richmond Virginia or you worked for Chesterfield County and Chesterfield County still had volunteers in fact to this day they still have some volunteers and so does Han uh, in Hanover County where I volunteered is still a combination system Back then, there was pretty much that's where you worked if you lived in this kind of area. There were some other smaller ones like Petersburg, Colonial Heights, uh, Hopewell, but the big departments around here were Richmond, Henrico, and Chesterfield. So if you wanted to get paid to be a firefighter, you you worked there. And when I joined the Mechanicsville Volunteer Fire Department, it, it maybe was just a coincidence, uh, and and maybe just personalities or or whatever. But like, but. The guys that paid attention to me the most and the guys that I looked up to the most and the guys that took me under their wing the most and helped you know, teach me and, and, and all of those things, those were all the guys that were paid firefighters in Henrico uh, or eventually became paid firefighters in Henrico. Uh, you know, so those are the ones that paid attention to me. And, and my brother, same situation. I think he would tell you that the ones that paid the most attention to him were the guys that ended up working in the city of Richmond, and which is where he ends, which is where he ended up working. Um, but you know, th that's the thing. I mean, it just is all personality and perspective. But those guys, I remember those guys just taking me under their wing just for whatever reason. Their their personalities meshed with mine. Uh, you know, they wanted to teach. I wanted to learn and you know, just how it worked out. And so I had this vision that Henrico Fire was my was my end goal. Like I wanted to work for Henrico County Division of Fire. I wanted to be one of those guys. I wanted to walk around with that Henrico County Division of Fire hat or T shirt or whatever. Like I just wanted that I just wanted that so bad. I wanted, you know, to me, it was a status symbol. You know, it really was. Like, I remember seeing, again, Chris Buren in my neighborhood, you know, stop and wave to us on the bus stop. And he's got a Henrico Fire Union jacket. It almost looked like a letterman's jacket. And I really just, 
it just, you know, like that's like, that's, that's what, that's what it is. Like, that's what I want to be. I want to be able to, you know, or I would go to school and whenever they would do career day, I would always do the one that the fireman was in and Haranko fireman would walk in or, or, you know, or even a Richmond city fire would walk in and like that, that's really what, you know, I wanted to be that. And I've been so lucky that I've had that opportunity to do that for my kids, you know, do, you know, just, and again, just, you know, just, just the whole fireman lifestyle, right? Like it just appealed to me so much, you know, you had guys and I was already doing it for free. Obviously I liked it. And I was like, I can't imagine doing anything else with, with my life, uh, you know, than being a fireman. Like I just, I've looked at other career fields and I've even had the opportunity to, to get paid to do other things. And I, I just can't do it. Like I can't, I can't bring myself to not, be a fireman or be involved in the fire service. Like it just, it just wasn't another option for me. Like they're just, you know, a lot of these guys that, you know, and not knocking them because we have great firemen today. Like I've talked about that, especially when we take them under our wing and we teach them, they can really turn out great no matter what their, their background is or anything. But a lot of these guys, this, the fire service was their plan B, like their plan A didn't work out. They wanted to be a doctor, a lawyer, or work in corporate America or something like that. And the fire service was their plan B. There was no plan B for me. There was no plan B for me. Fire service and record County division of fire was plan A. And that's the plan that I started instituting right around 16, 17 years old and finally got executed May the 5th of 2004. Finally, well, you know, got the phone call before that, but walked in to our public safety building on Schrader Road, May the 5th, 2004, as a member of Recruit School 48. And it was really a a weird experience, right? Because I had never done a formal recruit school. I was already a career fireman. I had gotten hired by Stafford County Fire Rescue. Uh, I was in college at Eastern Kentucky University and the plant that my dad was a firefighter in and also did other stuff in the plant, but he was uh, you know, a firefighter in the plant. And his primary job, especially when I was in college, was the, the fire brigade safety area of the plant. Um, he did that mostly. And uh, I was in college and they decided to shut the plant down. Well, one of the first things you don't need when you're not doing any operations and you shut the plant down, you don't need a fire safety brigade. You don't need fire safety guys. You don't need firemen. So he was one of the first ones let go. So, you know, so that was like, you know, gosh, I still have a sister in school. My brother's still in high school. What do I do? Do I stay here, get student loans and be poor? Or do I come home? I wasn't enjoying school. I'll be honest with you. I was entirely too immature to go to school at that point. I was entirely too immature to go to school at that point. Uh, I was doing okay. I was making decent enough grades to stay in school, but I didn't feel like I was learning anything. The only classes I was making A's in were the fire science classes, all the gen ed classes. I was getting by uh, maybe B's and C's, sometimes D's, you know, uh, just to just, I just didn't want to be there. I didn't feel like I, it was, it was, to me, it was a waste of time at that point. I wanted to go work for a fire department. So, when I got off the phone with my dad, I started looking up fire departments that were hiring uh, in Virginia, and there were two hiring at the time, uh, the city of Charlottesville and Stafford County Fire Rescue. And I applied for both of them right then, 
and got called both for a written test, got called both for interviews, got called for physical agilities, and Stafford County called first. And looking back on that, I was a little frustrated because Charlottesville, I really wanted to work in Charlottesville because Charlottesville was a traditional fire department. I mean, they issued leather helmets for Christ's sake. Uh, you know, it was no EMS, you know, or first responder EMS, no ambulances, um, you know, traditional, you know, city, uh, you know, like urban department, you know, I mean, upper class urban department, but still urban department. Um, they ran mutual aid out in Albemarle County. I knew guys that worked there. Uh, you know, Charlottesville is really where I wanted to work at the time. Um, but they didn't call. Uh, they didn't call. So Stafford County called and wanted me to start within like two weeks. Uh, they were that eager to start. And uh, but you know, Stafford County was a, a combination department. It was pretty much primarily EMS. Um, you know, we were pretty much primarily running EMS calls, uh, depending on the station that you were at. I mean, you could, you know, there were some opportunities to get some fires. Like uh, I know one of the stations I was assigned to where essentially you set your, they had a, uh, two engines, a, a rescue and a ladder truck and not a lot of volunteer staffing during the day. So you had the opportunity. Uh, I remember one day I drove every rig in that place. We drove the ambulance on a couple calls. I drove the rescue, I drove the truck and I drove the engine uh, to a call, you know, all within a 10 hour shift. Cause we were only doing 10, 10, sometimes 12 hour shifts. So, I mean, <laughs> like that was really, 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 uh, you know, a different than what I was looking for. But I look back on that now. One, it gave me a ton of experience on the EMS side, uh, which is, you know, which that's what the fire service is these days. We, we go to fire still, but we're doing a lot more EMS than fire. So I got a ton of experience on the EMS side because uh, I was a kid who got his EMT just so he could get a job. That's totally. And I, I would have told you, you know, 18 years ago when I got hired with Stafford that I'll never be a medic. And now look at me, I'm a medic. So, uh, you know, it, we, we would do all those things. It was a small department. Um, you had a lot of guys. It was a combination. I think on the career side, we maybe had 30, 35 people. It's, it's a, it's a way bigger now. Um, you know, it's, it's way, way, way bigger now. I think they're close to about 200. They're running 24 hour shifts. We were doing 10 hour shifts. It, it was a fire department job, but it wasn't what I was looking for. And I outgrew it very quick. I was just young. I was 20 years old when I got hired in Stafford County and I just was, I was still steadily applying to the places. This was just, a, it was always going to be a stepping stone for me. And that doesn't knock Stafford County. Again, uh, my brother ended up working there for a short period of time. My dad got hired there after uh, a couple months of being laid off from the plant or the plant shutting down. And uh, he still works there today. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it is a, uh, it is a it's a good fire department there. I have nothing bad to say about it. Everybody there treats treated me great, um, but I just wasn't what I was looking for. I wanted to be in what I considered a larger fire department, a bigger fire department. So I was steady applying. I applied to Fairfax, Prince William, City of Richmond, Henrico, uh, just anywhere else. And uh, thankfully, and I remember this day. I remember it so clear. I was working out of Station 10 in Stafford, and I was working with a girl named Terry Gamlin, who has since retired from Stafford County. And we were, we took a patient to Mary Washington Hospital in the city of Fredericksburg, and as we were on the way back, my cell phone rang. And it was a five, 
01 number I didn't recognize. And I was like, uh, for some reason, I decided to answer it. You know, and anybody who lives in this area knows if 501 is a Henrico County like government number. Uh, if your phone rings 501, you answer it, uh, especially if you've been in this fire department that long. If a 501 number comes up, you answer the phone. Uh, I remember answering it, and it was the personnel uh, director at the time for the fire department, uh, a girl by the name of Christina Smith, and uh, who has since left Henrico County and is, uh, I believe, the personnel director for Chesterfield, if I'm not mistaken. She's done a lot of that in the in her fire service career. Uh, and she offered me the job. Um, I had kind of thought it wasn't going to happen because the little bit of background is this. I took the test. Um, I knew they were going to hire like 70 some people, over a thousand people took the written test. I mean, it was, it was, you know, um, but for some reason, you know, we did the written test, did the CPAT, all that stuff. And for some reason, I got interviewed for the first recruit school they hired off the list. Recruit School 46, and we were going to run three concurrent recruit schools. They were going to be back to back. They were even going to overlap. Um, so I got I got interviewed for Recruit School 46, and I didn't get hired. And I was like, okay, you know, there's two more two more shots, I guess. Well, when the interviews went out for Recruit School 47, I didn't get interviewed, and I was like, what the heck? You know, maybe they really, really, really didn't like me. And I was starting to get reserved to the fact that maybe this wasn't going to happen. Um, this was probably going to be my best shot in 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 you know in this time frame. Like I may be able to apply later, but this is probably my best shot. They're going to do three recruit schools. I've already had an interview. Like maybe I can get it. Um, if not, I will probably end up going work in someplace else. I'll either that I won't want to leave. Uh, like if I were to get hired with Fairfax or, or Charlottesville or or a bigger department or even the city of Richmond, I had a bit I had applied for the city of Richmond and gotten an interview. Um, so if I end up working for one of those places, I probably wouldn't leave for Henrico County, it, 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 even though that that was the place that I wanted to be, that that I looked at. Um, so I didn't get interviewed for Recruit School 47. Then I got a phone call for Recruit School 48, an interview. And actually, how that went, uh, I was online and I saw that they were taking applications again. Henrico County was taking applications again for a firefighter. And I was like, whoa. I thought I was still on the list. You know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, wow. I, I didn't understand the process, you know. Of course, you know, now I understand how hiring processes work. But I'm like, wow, you know, I thought I was on the list. And so I called the personnel officer, Christina Smith. And when I called her, I was like, hey, this is Robbie Owens. I uh, thought I was on the list for hire. I got interviewed once before for – and I didn't get hired, interviewed for this last school. Um, are you guys still hiring? Is this – is this list that is the list done? Is this hiring process that you're getting ready to, to do? Is that uh, going to be for this last school? Like, wh what is it? You know, what's going to be all about? And she actually said, hey, it's good that you called me. I was calling to schedule an interview for you. Would you like to interview for this next recruit school? I was like, absolutely. Sign me up. What day? All this kind of stuff. And so, you know, so that was, you know, like, so I feel like I was back in the game. Um, but you know, after I interviewed, I didn't think it went very well, to be quite honest with you. I, I didn't think it went very well. I thought my first interview was, was a home run. Um, I was like, there's no way I'm not getting this job. And, uh, especially when I heard other people that I knew were getting hired, I'm like, man, how, how is this guy getting hired over me? You know, your ego starts creeping in a little bit. Um, especially your young ego, right? Like just, 
you just start getting a little bit wrapped around the axle and you start doubting yourself a little bit. Uh, but then I'm back in the game, right? I'm back in the game. But even after a couple, I, I went in there, I, I interviewed and I didn't think it went very well. I called, uh, I called my girlfriend at the time who ended up being my wife, uh, you know, my fiance rather, uh, who ended up being my wife, um, still is. Uh, and I was like, I don't think it went very well. I don't think I'm who they want. I don't think I'm what they're looking for. You know, uh, I'm just not, I'm just not the, I'm not the guy. I'm not the guy who they're, who they're looking for. I'm just, I'm going to end up applying other places as well. I'm going to stay, I'm going to get my, you know, I already, I already had it laid out. I was like, a lot of these places want ALS. I'm not ALS. I don't really have a lot of interest in that, but if that's what they want, that's what I'll do. I'll sign up for medic school in Stafford. I'll get my medic. And after a year or two, once I've, once I've gotten some experience, I'll apply other places again. And that's what I was going to do. I'd already signed up. I was signed up for medical class. I was going, in fact, the next day in Stafford, I believe, after I interviewed for Henrico, I went and got my books uh, for medic school and had to take like a like a practice test. So, like, this is going to happen, you know? This is going to happen. And uh, lo and behold, riding back from the hospital, uh, get the phone call and then ask if I want to be accept the position of firefighter with the division of fire in Henrico County and be a part of recruit school 48. And of course I said, yes, I didn't even hesitate. I don't even know what she told me. My starting pay was going to be, didn't care, wanted to be, you know, that's what I wanted. I was just elated. Um, you know, almost to the point where, you know, being a dumb 22 year old kid, almost like quit right there. Almost was like, mark this ambulance out of service. Uh, you know, I'm leaving, I'm quitting today, but obviously that wasn't very smart because the start date wasn't for another month, uh, or two. So, uh, I was like, nope, I still need a job and I still need a paycheck until I can go to, uh, to start with Henrico County. And I didn't want to burn a bridge, you know, cause what if I didn't like it? Because it was odd, um, going, going to Henrico and kind of starting over, right? Like in Stafford, we were so small. Everybody knew who I was already. Um, I, I felt like I had a pretty good reputation there. Um, you know, the rules, I was already a driver for most places. Um, I was able to ride and charge in a lot of places, you know, so I, uh, you know, I was kind of established there and, and it was, uh, very different to go all the way back down to the bottom of the barrel, do a recruit school, you know, meet a bunch of strangers for the next 18 weeks, and go through a uh, go through a recruit school. That was a, a unique experience all in itself. But uh, man, you know that was just the, the pinnacle. I thought, and here we are, sixteen years later from that day, and I still am proud to say that I made that move. I'm still proud to say that I work for Henrico County Division of Fire. I'm still proud that I followed my dream to its end. Now, I don't think I'm any sort of special person when I tell you that if you agree with everything your fire department says or does, you are extremely lucky, right? Like I have never agreed with everything that has come out of the Henrico County Division of Fire, right? Like, or Henrico County itself. Like, there are things that they do that I don't agree with. There are things that the fire department does that I don't agree with. I have been, you know, I've been punished. I have been 
you know, yelled at by people. Um, haven't been fired, but I've been hired. I've been punished. I've been promoted. I've been suspended. I've been, you know, just about everything in the book. Uh, I've been given awards. Uh, you know, I mean, in 2017, uh, I was uh, the firefighter of the year for one of the uh, local uh, civic groups, you know, and that came from an endorsement from the fire department. <laughs> you know, uh, you know, a couple years later, they suspended me for three days for something that I did. So it's, it's you know, uh, you know, years and years later, um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a well-respected company officer and I get picked for a lot of committees and I get, you know, asked my opinion a lot by guys that are in the upper echelon. And, and I don't, you know, and, and please don't get me wrong. I, uh, I appreciate that. Right. I appreciate that. My opinion is, is well-respected and people come to me because they want to know what I think. Um, but it's not all sunshine and rainbows every day when you're working for a government agency, you know, but at the end of the day, and I've applied for other jobs too. I've I've applied for other fire departments. I got hired. Not a lot of people know this, but I got hired in a department just outside the city of Charleston, and I was a breath away from taking that job. I was probably seven or seven years in to Henrico, and. I was very frustrated. I was in one of those down points. You know, it's a roller coaster sometimes. Sometimes you can be up and, and really up. And sometimes that's months and months. And sometimes that's every other day, right? Uh, I was in a period where they had taken me out of the station that I wanted to be at. And they put me in a place I didn't want to be. And my solution was to leave. And I applied for a – and one, we hadn't had a, a lieutenant's test in forever, and I really wanted to be a company officer. And thank God I wasn't a company officer at seven years on. I had no, I was, again, not mature enough. I didn't see the big picture enough. And sometimes I'm not mature enough still, uh, but I definitely see the big picture a lot better than I did when I was younger. Um, but man, I was in a bad place and I applied for another job and I almost left. I almost left. I mean, like I was talking to my lieutenant at the time about how we, how I separate employment and what I need to do and, and, and all of that kind of stuff from the department that's supposed to be my dream job, right? From the department that's supposed to be my dream job, like where I'm supposed to work, like, like what I was intended to do in my eyes. And uh, thank God I didn't do it because, you know, three, two, three years later, uh, I got promoted to lieutenant. And four years after that, get promoted to captain. And that's where I sit today. And again, have had ups and downs of adjusting to, you know, those roles, but again, still feel like my opinion's respected. I'm very active in the department. I teach, uh, and I just really enjoy working for Henrico Fire, even though you have to deal with, with people you don't like or agree with sometimes. Like at the end of the day, I'm proud and happy to work where I work. I'm proud and happy to be a member of the Division of Fire, I'm proud and happy to to be able to say that I've that I work there. Uh, I don't I don't shun that, right? Like I don't like I don't. Uh, you see a lot of guys that are like, oh yeah, you know, I'm a fireman. Oh, where do you work? Eh, you know, I work for this place. You know, and they don't really. I work for a, a urban department at this joint. Nah, man, like people 
people ask me, like, I'll go to wrestling tournaments with my kids or, you know what I mean? And like, you know, people, you know, hey, so what do you do? I'm a fireman for Henrico County. That's what I do. Um, you know, I don't tell them I'm a captain or anything like that. They don't care and they don't need to know. And that doesn't really, it's not, and it's irrelevant to be quite honest with you. I tell them I'm a fireman for Henrico County. That's what I do. And uh, I'm proud to say that. I really am. And so if you're still with me throughout this, the reason I tell you this and the reason I talk about just this history and this and this anniversary, I want you to think about when you got hired. I want you to go back. And I don't know if every fire department does this, but, you know, we when you when you get hired. Get a little certificate, um, and it says the date that's the that you're the. Excuse me, when you graduate recruit school, you uh, it has the date that you graduated, the dates of your recruit school. It has, uh, you know, that they have given you the rank of firefighter, and with it comes also a certificate of that firefighter's oath. When you get promoted, you have one, same deal of when their rank was effective. Um, and I've gotten two of them now since I'm a captain, and I've gotten promoted twice. Uh, it has that date that your rank was effective, your promotional date, and then it has another certificate of what the officer's oath is. Of what the officer's oath is. And so I want you to go back. I want you to find – I want you to find that certificate or your oath or whatever it is, and I want you to look at it. And I want you to to read it. I want you to think. Are you living up to that oath? Are you living up to what you swore you would do? I want you to go back even further than that. I want you to go back to your interview. Are you living up to the things you said you would do in your interview? Are you living up to who you said that you were? I want you to go even back even further than that. I want you to remember the excitement of when you got that phone call. The excitement that you were going to be a career fireman. Or even if you're a volunteer, when they got the call or you went to the meeting and they voted you in. How excited were you? How excited were you? Are you still that way today? When the alarm clock goes off, are you hopping out of bed? Racing to get to work? Are you there an hour early? Because you want to be there? Or are you the minute man? You're the, they don't pay me till seven guy. Were you that way the whole time? I'm willing to bet not. Are you the disgruntled guy that sits at the kitchen table? Are you always talking about that we should have hazard pay for what we do? They're trying to take this from us, that from us, and the other thing. And don't get me wrong. I think that we should be able to make a comfortable living in the fire service. Make no mistake. 
You're not owed anything except a safe working environment, safe equipment, and the paycheck that you get at the end of the at the end of every two weeks. That's it. It's all you're owed. That's it. And that paycheck, you signed on for that. And again, I'm not saying you shouldn't fight for raises. I'm not saying that, but at the end of the day, your pay is what your pay is. You're paid to do your job. You're not owed anything. Just because you've been here 16 years, you're still expected to get to work, check the rig, check your pack, mentor new younger firefighters, get out, train, learn your district, and risk possibly your life for the citizens and maybe for your fellow firefighter. That's what you signed up for. Do you remember signing up for that? Do you remember actually being willing to do that? Like saying absolutely yes. Cause I can tell I don't know about your fire service, you know, application experience. Nobody came to my house, yanked me out of my chair, held a gun to my head and said, You're gonna go down and fill out this application right now. Nobody made me accept that phone call. I did all those things on my own free will. And I was excited. I was excited to do them. I wanted to do them. I would argue that I needed to do them. So I want you to remember all of those things. I want you to remember how much you wanted nothing more in the world than to be a fireman. I wanted you to remember the excitement you got when you got the phone call, the, the, the hard work you put into the studying, the testing process, the physical fitness for your, for your uh, physical ability test, the prep you did for your interview, the however many weeks your recruit school was, or if you're a volunteer, how, how hard your firefighter one and two was and your EMT when you're working a full-time job trying to do it as well. All of those things. Remember the effort. Remember the willingness. Remember the excitement when you were done with it. Remember the excitement of your first fire. Remember the excitement of your first delivery. Remember the pain the first time you had to bring a dead body out or you made a rescue that wasn't that didn't go well or, or, or an EMS call that didn't go well. Remember all of that too. And remember why we're here, why you signed up to do this, why you decided to be a fireman, why you decided to raise your right hand and take that firefighter's oath for each individual's fire department. It's not always going to be sunshine and rainbows in any form of service industry. I don't care whether it's the fire service or whether it's restaurants or whether it's anything like that in the service industry. And that's what we do, folks. We are in the service industry industry. In any form of service industry, there's going to be sacrifices. You're going to be underappreciated. You may even be underpaid, but it's not about, it's not always about that. I want to have a a clean, comfortable living for my family. I want them to pay me in retirement for everything that I've done, for everything that I've given them. That's non-negotiable, right? Like those are the things. That's great. And everybody's owed that, right? Everybody deserves that, especially after a 30-year career in the fire service. 
but you've got to give and you've got to risk and you've got to put yourself in harm's way for others because that's what we signed up to do. You want to earn all those things? You want to get that paycheck? You want to get that retirement? All those things, you got to earn them first. And sitting in the chair all day, every day, bitching, that doesn't earn a dime. That doesn't earn us a dime. Being risk-averse to everything, and again, I think we should be intelligently aggressive, right? We shouldn't take a risk without making sure that we've narrowed out, narrowed down the, the uh, factors to as manageable as we can make them. But then we still got to take it, and that's what you're paid for. Your whole paycheck's hazard pay. Get used to it, whether coronavirus, house fire, whatever, we signed up for this. That may be an unpopular opinion, but that's, the, but that's my opinion. It's my podcast. So go back. That's your, that's your homework. Find that recruit school video. Find the other guys in your recruit school. Talk to them. See how they're doing. You know, especially in big fire departments, you lose track of that. There are guys I haven't seen that are from my recruit school that I haven't seen in years face to face. Haven't seen them in years. We're six hundred person fire department on three shifts. It's hard to see. It's hard to get up with them sometimes. But go back. Remember why you decided to do this in the first place. Remember what your mentors taught you. And remember the oath that you took to be a fireman. Remember how it felt to get that phone call, especially to work for your dream department. I'm not telling you you have to love everything. I'm not telling you you have to agree with everything your fire chief says, your battalion chief, even your lieutenant or your captain. Okay, I'm not telling you any of that. Lord knows I don't. I have this saying when it comes to agreeing with things. <laughs> and it's kind of funny. Um, and, and I've said this before and I, I've put this on social media. Um, and it's true. It's, it's really, really true. I do see a lot of fire officers. And I'm talking from chief all the way down to lieutenant, right? Like this is everybody in between. This is not a specific person. This is and, – and I'm guilty sometimes as well. Like I can't understand sometimes when I say something why somebody doesn't think it's the greatest thing that they've ever heard, okay? And I see that a lot with guys, especially once they get the gold badge in the bar. Uh, you know, they think that everything they say is gold now that they've got the gold badge. And it just ain't true. It just ain't true. I say this all the time. I love my wife. I picked her out of all the other humans in the world that I wanted to be with her for the rest of my life. I wanted to marry her, have a family. Like I picked her out of all the other human beings in the world. And I still don't agree with everything that she says. We still have arguments. We still don't agree with everything each other says. And we love each other. We picked each other. We picked each other. 
So if you think as an officer, uh, a lieutenant, a captain, a battalion chief, an assistant chief, a deputy chief, a fire chief, a county manager, a city manager, a president, or anything like that, that we're always going to agree with everything you say, you're living in a fantasy world. You are doing nothing but setting yourself up for failure. So again, I'm not saying that you're going to have to be uh, you know, unauthentic or anything like that, but I think you should be what you said you were going to be. You come. I think you should live up to your interview, live up to your oath, live up to that 20-year-old kid or that 18-year-old kid or that 21-year-old kid or that 22-year-old kid, however old you were when you, when you signed on, when you took the oath. You should live up to that. You should live up to who you said you were going to be when you took that interview, when you said you wanted to be a fireman and why you wanted to be a fireman. It's not always easy. It's not always easy. We all have bad days. But don't let that bad day turn into a bad year. I got more reason than anybody to be pissed off sometimes. Got more reason than anybody to be pissed off sometimes. But I try to stay positive and I try to be about the mission when I'm on duty. Try to be about the mission. So remember that. Remember what you wanted to be. Live up to who you wanted to be. And I know that was kind of – it's kind of rambly and it's kind of jumping up, but I, but I really felt like this was something that was kind of like bursting to get out. I wanted to share that story. I wanted to share the excitement. I wanted to share, and it's important because maybe there's somebody that's down in the dumps out there that needs to hear that it's okay to be down in the dumps, but you still need to be who you are. You still need to be who you said you were going to be. You still need to be a fireman. Firemanship first over any and all that kind of stuff. Over any and all of it. Firemanship first. Before your rank, before any of the other stuff. Firemanship first. Be that person. Be who you said you were going to be. Live up to your interview. Live up to your oath. And if you're having a tough time getting there, reach out to the kid who isn't. Sometimes you need to go out and seek other seek other people. Maybe you don't have – maybe you're the only guy in your department. There's plenty of people out there. Get on Facebook. Get on Twitter. Go to one of these conferences. If you go to a CFT conference or you go to Firemanship PDX or the Fireground Commander or FDIC, you'll know you're not alone. You'll see you're not alone. And you can take that energy because there are guys all over the country that are living up to what they said they were going to do, that are living up to their interview and that are living up to their, to their oath that they took. Maybe you need to get outside your four walls and expand your horizons a little bit. And that's kind of all I've got on that subject. I hope that it speaks to you. I hope that you hope that you understand where I'm coming from with that. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you share that message. And I hope that when you go to your firehouse for your next tour of duty, that you remember what you signed up for. You remember who you said you would be and that you live it every day. To the best of your ability. 
And with that being said, I can't do what I do without the help of some great people. And it starts with being thankful to work for the fire department that I work for and having people there who believe in me and have mentored me. It started with Recruit School 48. And it ends and continues today being a captain 16 years later. And all through all that process, I've had people from my wife, my instructors in the recruit school, the people in my recruit school, the captains and lieutenants that I've worked for, the battalion chiefs that I've worked for, the assistant chiefs, the deputy chiefs, the fire chiefs that I've worked for have invested in me to get me to where I am 16 years. And I'm excited about what the next 16 holds. I really am because uh, I'm definitely not leaving till I'm 50. And who knows what's going to happen after that? Uh, you know, definitely not leaving till I'm 50. And that's in 12 years. And who knows how long I'll stick around and once I reach retirement age, you know, minimum retirement age. But uh, uh I can't wait to see what the next will hold. Um, It's going to go by quick. And I can tell you, the day that I have to walk away from the fire service is going to be a sad, sad day. It's going to be a sad, sad day. Uh, No matter how many times I get angry or pissed off or voice my opinion, it's going to be a sad, sad day. And uh, I'm excited to see what's going to happen next. So again, with that being said, I can't do what I do with the podcast without some help of some pretty great companies. The first, Taylor's Tins. Taylor's Tins makes metal helmet fronts for your helmets. Those things are awesome. I wear one on my helmet every day. It looks great. I get compliments all the time about how great my helmet front looks. Got people getting them, ordering them. Um, if you go on their social media, you can see people that they're making orders and making all sorts of different stuff. They make pump cards, helmet fronts, they make everything. So go to taylorstins.com and give Taylor a uh, shout out. If you email them, let them know you heard about it on the podcast. And, uh, you know, taylorstins.com, quality, quality workmanship, fire service run business, Taylor's Tins. Stop burning up leathers and start getting. Taylor's Tins. The other company, Vanguard Safety Wear. Vanguard Safety Wear, the makers of the MK1 Fire Glove. Those things are made for work. I wear them every day. They get better with every every use. Uh, you go training with them. You work out in them. You get them wet. They dry. They just keep getting better. I let people try mine on, and they're amazed at the dexterity that they have. They're the best fire gloves I've ever worn. Um, the only thing that I would caution you is that you want to go ahead and buy two because once you wear them, you're never going to want to wear another fire glove ever again. So VanguardSafetyWear.com, the MK1 fire glove, you can get them at VanguardSafetyWear.com or DingusFire.com. Vanguard Safety Wear, made for work. Lastly, the Fireground Commander Conference. We had to postpone it, but it's going to be in August. Go to uh, EmbraceTheResistance.com. Click on the conference tab to see all the updated information. We also have Instagram and we have Twitter and there's a Facebook page. So go to the Fireground Commander through all of our social media stuff. 
Go to EmbraceTheResistance.com for all the latest updates. Still going to be the same great lineup. We're going to have everybody still coming in. It's going to be outstanding. It's really going to be outstanding. It's, it sucks that we had to postpone it because of coronavirus, but we're still going to have it. It's going to be in August in Ryko Theater. Same great venue, and it's going to be a really great time. I'm super excited. Uh, the countdown's back on, and I can't wait to celebrate with almost 300 of my closest friends at the Fireground Commander Conference. You can still sign up. We're still taking registrations. So, again, EmbraceTheResistance.com. Go to the Conference tab and find out all the information you need to know. And lastly, you know what we do. Make sure you're spending one hour a day doing some sort of physical fitness. Getting in shape for the job that you said you wanted to do. Make sure you're spending one hour a day in the library, reading about our profession, reading articles, watching YouTube videos, listen to podcasts, so that you're educated for the job you said you wanted to do. And make sure you're spending one hour doing some sort of hands-on training, putting your hands on the tools we need to do the job you said you wanted to do. You do that. You become a pretty phenomenal firefighter. I guarantee it. Thanks for listening. Stay safe, but stay aggressive. I'm out.